Yeah, I'm here. Welcome, everyone. We are back for an edition of the Backdoor Cover IB Sports Gambling Podcast. Myself, Keith Fleming, and my co-host, Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy, a.k.a. IB Yeezus. What's going on, man? A.k.a. Horse Choker, because I'm out here in the streets <laughs> betting on these ponies. Now I'm just trying to make it, bro. I'm 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 bored. I mean, I've even gotten into the stock market, man. I'm just looking for some way to to watch money burn or grow. I don't know, but um, I'm excited because uh, I mean, we do have sports slowly starting back, or at least people putting things in place. Um, I will be going back to my my grassroots and um, betting soccer, which I know a lot of people a lot of people haven't heard me talk about soccer. But um, when I first got it, when I first got started gambling, um, we the group that I was gambling with, we all covered individual sports, and then we would share the plays so that way we could kind of cover everything. And so um, I was an avid FIFA player, and my roommate at the time was Jamaican, so he was a big soccer watcher. So I got into soccer gambling, and that it it started as a joke. But man, I paid for I paid for my entire honeymoon off of the Iceland national soccer team and the Euro Cup back in uh, 2000 and I want to say I think it was 2018. So yeah, and it, it, it's documented in the group too. So after this podcast, you can go back and Google uh, Iceland or search Iceland in the IBS group, and you'll see it like eight to one, twelve to ones, all kind of ridiculous stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. Alan, we've done this stuff long enough where I believe in <laughs> your random gambling wins. You, you don't you don't have to, you know, check the sheets. I, I, trust me, I've seen the craziness and the genius in it firsthand for too long not to know it's real. But we uh, obviously wanted to get together. The NFL released their schedule uh, this week. They obviously also had their draft a couple of weekends to – uh, just huge ratings. It shows how desperate people are for live sports. We're going to have some Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Tiger, and Phil Golf next <laughs> week, uh, which is exciting. And then the PGA Tour is just around the corner, which I will say I've already been kind of prepping for that, uh, trying to look at the courses that they're they're saying they're going to play on the schedule first and, you know, do the research that we do each week because we were on fire man uh when you know the golf season got halted yeah it was it was definitely some some poor timing i mean even the tournament that they stopped playing in i think we had a top oh we were killing it yeah oh man it was nuts i had already a sheet of paper like you know i like to with all my bets that were looking good uh after day one but uh i figured that i went and looked we're gonna just kind of breeze through the division odds because we talked about that before obviously some of them have changed with the draft and uh then i figured we could actually talk about the mvp because i thought that was interesting and then i since there's a whole you know week one lines out i figure we can go over those i know it's way too early but it's just exciting to be talking about the possibility of games that we can gamble on uh let's start with the mvp because i i just thought this was sort of interesting 
Real quickly, I want to go over this list, and you tell me who you like or if it's somebody off the board that's not one of the favorites. You got Patrick Mahomes at plus 400, Lamar Jackson at plus 650, Dak Prescott at plus 900, Russell Bustle Wilson at plus 1,200, Tom Brady at plus 1,600, Kyler Murray with his new weapons at plus 1,600, Drew Brees, which I believe has been announced in his last season, at plus 2,000. The disgruntled Aaron Rodgers at plus 2,500. And Deshaun Watson, who is just wondering what it's going to take to get his coach fired uh, at plus 2,800. Do any of those jump off the board at you? Are we sure this is Drew Brees last season? Did he say that? I thought that I had heard that, and that's the second time I've said it on a podcast, so I hope so. Let me research that real quick while you go through um, that. I mean, just off off the top of my head, man, and I'm going to stick with it. I, I'm Team Russell Wilson this year. I think that um, – I, I think I picked the Seahawks to win the division, actually. I mean, I, I'm just – I'm prepping myself for some regression with the Niners, not necessarily on the – on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, it's going to be a little shaky, man. Um, I just got to see it first. Uh, I know, like guys like like uh, Richard Sherman and and, and uh, well, just honestly, Richard Sherman. I feel like <laughs> he's going to show his age uh, this year. Um, we're going to definitely miss DeForest Buckner. I like Ken Law. I like the pick of Ken Law, but I don't think Ken Law is going to come in and be Buckner uh, by any chance. And then um, we got to keep D4 healthy. Uh, Nick Bosa is still going to be solid. But at the end of the day, I like the the Seahawks to win the division. So with that being said, because the Seahawks, in my mind, are going to win the division, that's going to put Russell Wilson in prime contention for the MVP candidate. Um, Lamar, I think the ball is going to be out of Lamar's hand a little bit more this year. So it might seem enticing at six to one, but I'm just I just think it's gonna be out of his hands a little bit more. Uh you can never go wrong with putting Patty Mahomes uh in as a play just because that offense is geared around him. Um Andy always makes his quarterbacks look good and Patty's already a good quarterback. So, you know, just put two and two together. Um they're they're definitely gonna be motivated to uh repeat and um and go back to back. Dak Prescott, yeah. I mean, you would like to see it. He had he had a whisper of it back uh, in November, but I mean, he's got a new coach, new system um, to learn. Not necessarily that much different from the system that he was just in, but you, you just expect there to be um, some like like I don't expect him to hit the ground running per se. So um, my money's on Russell Wilson at twelve to one. Um, I think you'll see that go down to probably six to one um, within the first couple months. And then he'll probably be uh, in the top three as far as the odds go after that. I'm not wasting time with Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> they didn't even give him playmakers. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I think that that whole situation is headed for a messy divorce. Kyler Murray's not going to win enough games. Drew Brees isn't going to do enough statistically. And Deshaun Watson has Bill O'Brien, so we don't need to talk about that. And I don't think Tom Brady is going to win enough either to be MVP or statistically do enough to be MVP. Is there any chance, though, because I'm looking at 28 to 1, and again, I know he's got Bill O'Brien, but 
could you see a narrative if the Texans go, say, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, win the division with him losing Hopkins? You know, Watson has another great season. He might get even, you know, extra credit just because of some of the baffling moves made around him and him just still finding a way to win. It seems like there's sometimes a narrative like that for, for quarterbacks. So there's there's data out there that shows Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins tenure together, okay? All right. When you put Deshaun uh when you put Hopkins by himself and the rest of the supporting cast in another category and they're statistically identical. Wow. Watson, I mean uh, Hopkins by himself was just as good in every category, yards, touchdowns, <laughs> yards per catch. It's all, all the other guys. Then all the other guys. <laughs> so now you take this, you take that uh, um, anomaly out of the equation. No, nah, I mean, I'm not putting no money on that. Not even as a long shot. I No, he, he wouldn't even get $5 from me. There's just, like, honestly, I hate to say it as if it's an absolute, but, I mean, with, with the combination of Bill O'Brien – I mean, Watson's definitely got all the motivation to to ball out because he's he's in a contract year, um, which honestly, him and Dak Prescott both are going to set the the market um, for the next level of quarterbacks because Patty Mahomes is in another tier by himself. So anything that happens with Mahomes isn't going to really affect the rest of these guys because they're not nearly as good as him. But Watson and, and Dak are on the same level as far as their contracts and um, – the time that they've served in the league and so forth, even somewhat their accomplishments so far in the league. Uh, I think Watson was rookie of the year though. So he's got a little bit more leeway, but either way, when it's all said and done, he's just, he just doesn't have enough around him, man. Like you would like to see somebody in this situation, have like a bill of check or somebody that could scheme stuff for him. <laughs> right. Good. That's not I Bill O'Brien. I, I would give, I would give Bill some credit um, when he, when he, introduce more RPO into their offense um, to, to help Deshaun, but then they stopped calling a lot of that, um, and, and it kind of showed, and he started holding on to the ball longer. Uh, they didn't replenish any talent. I mean, they like you look at the stuff that came out about what they traded away and what they got in return, it was absolute trash. And now you take away the safety blanket of, of um, Hopkins, who I'm not even a big fan of Hopkins, but the guy was good. Um, and, and that system and good for Deshaun Watson. And it's just, I feel like it's just setting them up for failure. And again, not to, you know, pile on, but then when you look what the Vikings got back for Diggs and, you know, were able to replace him with Jefferson in the first round draft, it just kind of shows the difference in, you know, two franchises and, and sort of knowing what they're doing. I, you actually taught me into believing that, you know, Stefan Diggs was, worth more than, you know, what I originally thought. And, you know, he's going to be a really good piece in Buffalo. And I agree with that now, but you got to give Minnesota for not only getting the draft all they did, but basically, you know, replacing him with Jefferson and, you know, they at least got talent there again. And I'm with you when Will Fuller is without a doubt his second best receiver. And if you uh, have watched Will Fuller or had him on your fantasy team, you know that he's hurt about 50% of the time. And then in the other 50% he plays, he either has like zero to two catches for 10 yards, and then about every fifth or sixth game he'll have nine catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns, which is just maddening. 
And it's not like they have a great running game, uh, you know, to protect them either. Yeah, I mean, there's honestly nothing there, man. Like, there's nothing positive about the outlook of the Houston Texans in general, man. And, and the best thing I can hope for is that Deshaun Watson just stays healthy so he can get paid. Exactly. Man. I mean, even even if he's stuck in Houston, at least he'll get compensated for it. I mean, I would like to think so. But, I, I mean, I would hope that they wouldn't be dumb enough to tag him after the Cowboys just tagged Dak and then Dak presumably is going to get a, a he's going to get paid yeah i mean that that's that was i mean if i can sidetrack just real quick sure from, it's our show we can do whatever the hell yeah, we want man for, for a football standpoint that's always been my issue with the business of football and in this quarterback market is that people have clear evidence showing that when you tag a quarterback in this particular market it does not pay. help you it hurts you you end up either losing that quarterback or paying way more than what you would have paid before. And, I mean, if the numbers are relatively true, they're only a couple million off. I mean, it's probably more the guarantee and then the years thing, you know, those things probably need a harder negotiation. But at the end of the day, tagging your quarterback, like tagging somebody like Dak with the talent that he has around him, like you're going to have to pay. Like if the Cowboys win the division and make the playoffs this year and get close to the Super Bowl or or even – happen to get to the Super Bowl because they do have talent on the team, you're going to have to pay this man upwards to $37 million a year based off the market and the value that he's bringing. And if he has the same statistical year that he had last year, you're definitely going to have to pay a lot. And he's got, you know, Lamb now to go with all the other weapons that they have and Gallup and Cooper and Elliott. He's going to have a good year. I mean, they're going to be pretty formidable on offense. I would like to think he's going to have a good year, but um, I mean, I'm I'm all in on the Cowboys in the division. I am um, too. I'm not all in on Dak as a uh, as a um, as an MVP yet. I mean, he could be a dark horse, but I would rather I. I find it more offensive that his eyes are lower than Russell Wilson. <laughs> I feel right. like I feel like no, Dak I agree. More twelve to one than nine to one, and Russell should be more nine to one than twelve to one. So, so with that being said, like I said, I'm still gonna I'm gonna continue to put my eggs in the Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks basket. Um, I mean, they're not they're not a a great team either, and they didn't necessarily have a uh, great draft. But one thing they can do is beat the 49ers. They always give us fits, and it's mostly because of Russell Wilson. And they compete in that division. And oh, Russell, all he does is win. Yeah, I mean, for his career, it's all yeah. he does. He always finds a way to to at least make it competitive. So um, I have to check their strength of schedule. Um, that's also something that I want to put out there too. Um, if I can backtrack again, when we're talking about NFL gambling, um, you have to really pay attention to situational plays. So teams coming off of uh, a long travel, let's say Seattle had a home game on Sunday and then they got to turn around and Thursday play in Baltimore, you're probably not going to want to bet on Seattle. Um, and then after they leave that Thursday, they turn around and they come back on Sunday and they're in Chicago. And then after Chicago, they turn around and go back to Seattle. You're probably going to want to keep an eye on the line a little because the travel and distance and the time zone changes and all that stuff, it really does matter. Um, last year, I think the Raiders, had the most 
um, the most traveled distance. And I don't even, I want to say they didn't even go to London. That's how ridiculous their schedule was. But it's just like things you have to just, you really have to pay attention to. Or maybe it was the Niners who were like second uh, in travel distance and didn't go to, I know we didn't go to London, but um, there was a, a swing on the Niners schedule where we played, I think was four or five teams all with like over 60% wins. <laughs> like we had to play the Ravens. We had to play the uh, the Saints. We had to play the uh, Packers. We had to play uh, somebody else that was good, too. I think Seattle was in that mix, too. And then it was like we had to go to Baltimore and play Baltimore and then go to um, – and then come back and play Green Bay. And then we had to travel to New Orleans. Like, it was just a crazy, like, uh, run on the schedule. And then we ended up having the – after all those emotional games of, of teams, you know, their playoff bound, turn around and play your division rival. So it was tough. Um and you have to navigate that as a gambler. You can't just see, oh, the, the skins the skins are trash. They got the Eagles. The Eagles just beat the Cowboys by 15. Uh, they're going to crush the Redskins. Like, you have to pay attention to these things. And, and home field definitely matters. And with that being said, keep an eye on what people are going to do with Corona. If fans are going to be allowed at the games, how are they going to maneuver that? How is that going to affect travel? Um, so there's a lot of variables in this NFL season for gamblers that I really think if people don't pay attention to, they could really lose a lot of money. All right. So let's go through the divisions and we will, you know, kind of breeze through these because we've done these before, but it is interesting to see some of them have changed since I think when we last did this about three months ago, we'll start with the AFC South. This is one of the ones I saw immediately. The Texans were basically, right there with the Colts and Titans when we first did this. Now it's the Colts that's the favorite at plus 160, Titans at plus 175, Texans is plus 270, at the Jags at plus 1,000. I'm really big on the Titans. I know that we discussed this last time. I I just believe in Mike Vrabel. They've got, you know, obviously Derrick Henry coming back. I believe they franchise tagged him, so – He's going to be playing for a contract. They're going to run him a ton. And I just don't totally believe in Phillip Rivers with the Colts. And we've obviously talked about the Texans. Who do you like in this division? Um, It's, it's really like I can't bet on Phillip Rivers, man. I just, <laughs> it's, just all, it's just too much history there, man. Like maybe maybe he, he, he uses his last like year or so to, to – finally turning around, but I don't know. T.Y. never healthy. Um, the the Colts do have a lot of talent on the team, and I also like their coach, but I, I got to go with the Titans, too. Uh, I'm not a Rabel fan, per se. I um, also think Tennessee has a knack during the regular season to give games away to teams that are not that good. But their division is not that good this year. Um, the Texans take a huge drop. Jags take like uh, like mm. the Jags drop like the stock market. They're they're just they just collapsed. They're tanking um, for Trevor. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really just a two man game, and um, they've got that deep run last year. Um, the bitter taste of defeat in their mouth. So they're definitely motivated and they're experienced. Um, the Colts think about this Colts team really hasn't ever really won anything. So I would expect that the the Titans know how to navigate through the season and win this division. 
All right, so we agree on that one. Yeah. The AFC West, the Chiefs are minus 425. Let's take them out of the picture. Two things here. One, I'm a little surprised that the Chargers are the second favorite at plus 800. I actually kind of like what the Broncos are doing. Call me crazy. Both the Broncos and the Raiders are at plus 1,000. A, are you surprised that the Chargers are the second, you know, betting favorite in the division? And B, which of those teams would you take if, say, something happens and the Chiefs just have an epic collapse, which I know is not going to happen, but barring an injury, I obviously. mean, even if Patty went down, I still think the Chiefs are favorite to win the division, just obviously not at these odds. Um, right. I guess I, I, I understand why the Chargers are where they are. Um, Tyrod has more experience. <laughs> Um, at winning football games than Derek Carr and um, Drew Locke. And Drew Locke. I, I like Drew Locke's attitude, man. Um, I, I mean, it was, it was a short, short frame of, of work. But, I mean, he's got weapons for sure. And then, you know, you see me in the group. They got my two favorite receivers from the Jazz yep. and Hamler and uh, Judy. So I'm expecting big things, especially with uh, – Sutton, Sutton on the on the other side. He's two he's, good backs. Yeah, They're interesting, huge. man. Um, yeah, they got two good backs. Um, and I'm not counting Melvin They're Gordon. Tight end if he stays healthy, fan. fan you know, yeah. I was gonna say I'm not counting Melvin Gordon. That's good. But <laughs> um, I mean, Vic Fangio didn't do it for me last year, man. I, I and John Elway is still an idiot. So it's like if they win, it's because it's because they got the youth on offense and they just find a way. And when Fangio, to his to his credit, is still a good defensive coach. Um, so I mean, if he can just stay away from the offense and let whoever's running the offense uh, call the plays and stuff, and just focus primarily on defense, he'd probably be all right. Like if Fangio had a Josh McDaniels, like because people give Bill too much credit for the offense, he doesn't really do anything with the offense. And it's not that he can't; it's just because he's a defensive minded coach and he's put more time into other things. Um, if Fangio could get that going as far as, like, his staff, then I think the Broncos could be successful. If I had to bet uh, on the last three, like the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, I'd rather go with Broncos than Chargers or Raiders. It's also really interesting that from everything I've read, the Broncos have decided, like, look, Drew Locke is – He's got talent. I, you know, I watched him in college a good bit, obviously, with him playing in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And they're going to kind of just match what the Chiefs are trying to do, where they're going to just try to outscore you. And their draft obviously showed that with two wide receivers picked, you know, early in the draft, obviously signing Melvin Gordon. They already got Philip Lindsay. I just think it's interesting. But I think you could also make an argument that that's the best way you're going to beat the Chiefs because – if you're going to try to just, you know, you're planning to go out there and stop them, that ain't going to happen. You're going to have to outscore them. And that's what you were, you know, pointing to in the Super Bowl was you knew the Niners could hold them to a certain amount of points. It was whether or not they could get to the number to outscore them. And I just think it's interesting that the Broncos are like, you know what, we're going to go forward with this and, and just try to run and gun with them. Yeah, I mean, it's – what what they say in dodgeball? It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it's pretty that's hard. right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, you can't, you're not gonna beat this team without scoring, though, for sure. Um, just based off of uh, like I was having a conversation with Ronnie about it um, last week or so, 
and I was like, Andy really has embraced analytics, man. I mean, it's so obvious in the way that he calls plays on these fourth downs and 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 the the situational play play calling that he calls to kind of set up his third downs and things like that. He puts the team in a good situation to where the offense can stay on the field and stay in rhythm. And it results in points because they're so efficient in the red zone. Like they get touchdowns and you're not going to beat, you're not going to get the the chiefs. Like if you're betting on the chiefs to come in and have a bad game and, and, and not score more than 20 points, you're wasting your time. It's, it's not going to happen often. So you're just better off just trying to beat them. Um, to the punch and and getting your seven and hoping for some kind of like a slow start or something like that, which that happened last year in the playoffs. They started slow every single game. Yeah. Nobody could. It didn't matter. Yeah. No, and you know why? Because people were kicking <laughs> field goals. Think about yep. it. They, like uh, that, that Texans game was the worst because mm-hmm. they, they went for like they tried to fake a, a field goal or punt oh, it was or awful. yeah and I'm just like dude that's even dumber like at least play field position like I mean give yourself a chance but if you're giving them short fields you're allowing them to build that momentum same with the Niners we didn't go for the touchdown at the end of the half which is absolutely maddening and and it's not only a momentum swing but you need those points you can't kick the field goal man and we did and, and it bit us in the butt so Maybe maybe the Broncos are definitely banking on that, if not this year, but in the future. So, I'm excited to see them. They're going to be fun. Let's move on to the AFC East. Uh, surprisingly enough, you know, here on what May 12th, 2020, after the dust has settled from Brady, uh, you know, leaving New England, the Pats are still a slight favorite in the AFC East at plus 125. The Bills are plus 135. The Jets and Dolphins, I don't think anybody really thinks they're there yet, but they're at plus 700 and plus 800. I think it's been interesting in a lot of the stuff I'm reading that, and this is coming from Patriots players, they really believe in Jared Stidham, which as somebody who, again, as a Georgia fan, saw him at Auburn obviously for two years, I wasn't super impressed with him, but they say that the entire team is really excited because he's mobile, which obviously Brady was not near the end. He can throw it down the field with a lot more uh, oomph than obviously Tom Brady could in, in, you know, 40 years of age. And they're excited to see what happens. I almost felt like with the draft and stuff they've been doing, they're they're in tank mode for Trevor Lawrence. If I knew it just wasn't Bill Belichick's style. Uh, but <laughs> it's just hard to believe that this team is going to be really good. But yet I know deep down they probably are going to be pretty damn good. And I still, if you're asking me and the odds are that close between the Bills and the Pats, give me the Pats until they, you know, they, they can't win it. All right. So first of all, I need you not to disrespect my man, Stiddy. Stiddy's <laughs> whole tenure in Auburn was a waste of everybody's time. It was, it was, Forced on him by, by as Mahomes, right? Because then he had to transfer, and then he went to Baylor, and then yeah. uh, Browse screwed it up. Yeah, so, and then he went to Auburn, yeah. right? It was really Artie. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna actually go on air and and say I support Art Browse. That's honestly just, it's just a joke. <laughs> All the allegations and stuff that went down that came out. I mean, the guy had to go. That's fine. But Stidham was balling in, at Baylor. He was awesome at Baylor 
And even even coming out of Auburn, the scouting reports, uh, a lot of people were saying that Auburn didn't do him any justice. Um, so he, I, he's definitely talented enough. Um, he's got a, a good arm. Um, his, the head on his shoulders isn't all that bad. He's definitely not afraid to take chances, but he's not overly reckless like uh, you see with a lot of big arm quarterbacks. And he's got mobility and uh, more athleticism than Brady. I made a joke about uh, switching the goat out for, for the kid, making a reference to him being a, a young goat. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Stidham. Uh, I, I think that the Patriots um, investing in him is the right thing to do. I don't think they would ever be tanking for um, Trevor anyway just because Stidham has the talent. They can work with him. If they can work with Jimmy Garoppolo – and Jacoby Brissett, they can work with Jason, Jason uh, or my man Stedham. Like he's he's more talented than both of those quarterbacks. So um, I mean, even Brent Hoyer, Matt Castle, all these other guys who come through <laughs> their system, he's more talented than them. So yeah, they did the right thing. Um, and then as far as betting on the Patriots to win the division, I think you're betting more on the Bills to trick it up than you are the uh, <laughs> the Patriots to win it. I mean, think about it. Like they, potato, potato, man. Yeah, man. Like I'm not. I like Josh Allen, and you know I'm a big Josh Allen fan, and I like the move that they made for Diggs. But my man McDermott, if it wasn't for the fact that they made the playoffs last year, I used to trash him like I trashed Bill O'Brien. He's an idiot. I mean, well, if it wasn't for coaching against Bill O'Brien, yeah. he would have been the dumbest coach yeah, ever exactly. in the same game. That's right. You're right. That, that game, they did go against it. It was the dumbest thing of all time. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, who in the middle of a, of a uh, playoff season, benched his quarterback uh, for Nathan Peterson. Uh, so let's not even – let's not ever forget about that. Oh, I forgot that. about yeah. that. Let's God not almighty. ever forget about that. Nathan Peterman. And he stood by Nathan Peterman, too. That's even worse. So um, – I would say that, yeah, I would say that I think people are hesitant, and rightfully so, to go against the Patriots just outright for the division. Um, Because, again, the Jets shouldn't be contending, and the Dolphins, yeah, there's a lot of hype behind it. They spend a lot of money, but typically teams that build like that and come in with a rookie quarterback who probably isn't going to play day one, they still got Ryan Fitzpatrick for at least eight games, you would think they're not going to contend either for the division so it's basically the Patriots and Bills and it's again one of those situations where it's like are you betting that the Patriots are going to win are you going are you betting that the Bills are going to trick it up at the end of the day it's the same bet and so I'm with the Patriots too uh for right now um it's not something I'm, I'm willing to play like you know today but um I can understand the line all right, so the AFC North is the last team in the AFC. I mean, it's no surprise the Ravens are minus 200 after the incredible season. Last year, you assumed that they're going to be a little bit better. I don't know if their record's going to be better, but they should be better overall. Uh, I like the addition of Dobbins in that offense. My surprise, honestly, here is the Steelers are all the way down at plus 325. I think that – I don't know if Big Ben is, is going to be, you know, Big Ben, but – the last season he played, he was really good. And I think people have forgot that. I'll be the first to admit that I had kind of forgot that. They still have some weapons. Tomlin is an incredible coach. Their defense was fantastic uh, down the stretch, basically after 
they made the early season trade or kind of mid-season trade. And I just think that, you know, at plus 325, I really like that. The Browns are also at plus 500. And obviously the Bengals with Joe Burrow first year, they're at plus 2,500. Am I crazy to think the Steelers is not a bad play at plus 325? No, nah, I mean, I've been jokingly saying that uh, Steelers going to win the division. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just going off of trends, man. It's really hard for teams to repeat success um, mm-hmm. like the uh, – Ravens had last year but what's working in their favor is if you look at their schedule statistically right now they've got the easiest schedule or one of the easiest oh, schedules wow. in the league uh, based off of win percentages of last year so they're set up right now and it's not like a conspiracy or anything it's just how, how the schedule yeah, is made. The schedule so, yeah, gods, yep. they're set up to, to still win the division by default and, and make a playoff run by default um, the additions of Dobbins um, definitely helps and, and um couple other guys they got but at, at the end of the day it's still all about how how much better of a passer has Lamar Jackson become um I, I still think he's got room to grow I, I don't think um because last year he made strides so I, I still think he he's not quite there yet um I'll let you know this year if he's at his, <laughs> closer to his ceiling or if last year was as good as he's gonna be um, I did a lot of Lamar Jackson scouting. Um, I wrote an article about it. So I'm not just talking just to talk. Like, I literally watched film on the guy like I was a scout myself. So um, I know what he's capable of, so he's not quite there yet. Um, but people just – people look at Lamar Jackson, and they're like, well, he threw a bunch of touchdowns and this and that. But we talked about this during the Titans-Ravens game. And, and remember mm-hmm. I was saying, it's not about what he does in the red zone. Is when they can't get to the red zone, yeah, and and that's the issue. And when they can't get to the red zone because they're behind the sticks, then Lamar Jackson wasn't able to really make those plays last year, and it showed up at the worst time because a lot of teams never put them in a position to to um, really have that show. The Niners kind of did it in our in our game, and they still overcame that and, and won by a field goal. The Browns, when they blitzed them the first time they played them, definitely did it. Got them behind the sticks, and, and they just couldn't make up for it. But the Titans were able to do it um, with an effective running game and just really focusing on getting after Lamar the first and second downs because, I mean, what can you do when you got third and seven, third and eight in this offense? Hollywood's only running one or two routes if, if Lamar can't buy time. Most of them are ghosts. Yeah, so it's like, hey. <laughs> So um, if and you know some people would be like, oh, um, they've been figured out. I don't know if it's they've been figured out if they're still just gradually bringing him along. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how it goes. They're rightfully favored. I would rather take the the three to one odds on the Steelers and hope for a miracle. Um, right. But I will say this too: Lamar's got he's got some bad film in the playoffs. Um, his rookie season and last year. I need to see something this year, and and this goes out to Raven fans too. I need to see something this year, or your boys, he he just he ain't got it. <laughs> Which I hate to say it because he's definitely an, an exceptional athlete, but you you gotta show up in these playoff games, man. And he has not shown up. Like he had big stats last last year in that Titans game. I think he threw for like five hundred and something yards. Yeah, most of yeah. it was trash. Yeah, so. but most of it came in the second half 
when they were already down, the game was out of uh, hand. So we'll see. All right, so let's move to the NFC. The NFC East, uh, the Cowboys at plus 115 is one of my favorite plays. It, and it's not even so much that I really believe in the Cowboys. It's just I think – I don't know what the Eagles are doing at this point. I really don't. They're the the second favorite at plus 125. The Giants are at plus 850, and the Redskins are at plus 1,000. I just I, – I, I can't explain the Jalen Hurts uh, draft pick. I, I just don't understand what they were doing. I mean – Carson Wentz has got his own issues. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, but when he is healthy, he's really good. Just look at the fact that, you know, they made the playoffs last year with me and you at wide receiver the last four or five weeks. Uh, and to not kind of get him more help there, I just don't understand it. I mean, even with the receiver that they picked in the first round, it was kind of baffling. Uh is there any team other than the Cowboys you feel strong? Do you think the Eagles have a decent shot to win, or do you think the Giants could be a surprise? Um, no, nah, Giants ain't gonna be no surprise. Heck, no. Giants <laughs> 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 got a first year coach, man, who wasn't even like he was a special teams or wide receiver coach or something like that. Right. And, uh, I still don't believe in Daniel Jones yet. Either. Yeah. No. Nah, no. Nah, Jones. Jones got he got fumble issues, which is going to be a problem to that offensive line. Uh, learns to protect him a little bit better. Um, I think his best receiver is Ingram, which he was a tight end coming out. So, um, yeah, he's got Saquon, but nah. And their defense is still like who's who. Bad. Yeah, so it's not <laughs> something I would put money on to win the division. Um, I like the Cowboys. The only reason why the Cowboys didn't win the division last year is because the coaching sucked. The worst coaching and the worst red zone play calling in a long time in the NFL. I mean, it was awful. The red zone play calling should definitely get better with McCarthy, correct? Yeah, it should get better. The execution should get better. The creativity should get better. Um, It should be easier for Dak. And he's – I mean, they're returning the same talent that he's had around him for the last couple years. Um, I mean, it, it should all go well for them. I think the Cowboys got better in their draft for sure, and the Eagles didn't do anything. <laughs> and that, and that, that what they had last year. I mean, I don't know what the Eagles' plan is, man. I really feel like they're just gonna they're gonna set my man Wentz up to be the scapegoat. He's gonna end up hurt or just not playing as well. He's still throwing to nobodies. I mean, maybe um, my boy from TCU would do something. I, I did vouch a little for the pick, but I mean that's that's still a tall order, man. Like he doesn't have any anybody like other receivers that they got are, are not as talented. Um just it's just a it was just a bad draft to me, man. That's really so, bad. So yeah, I think the best value out of all these picks is, is and if we're talking about a, a true value pick, I would definitely take that uh Cowboys money um right now. Um, as much as you can get on that. Those odds are great. They should definitely – you should not be getting plus odds on the Cowboys in this division right now uh, based off of of um, the Eagles draft, their offseason in general, and what the Cowboys have done in the offseason. And the coaching got better. You're, you're getting a, a, a gift with those odds. Absolutely. And a motivated Dak. I mean, you got a lot of things going for you. 
The NFC North, this really surprised me only because, I mean, the Packers are at plus 145, the Vikings are at plus 165, Bears at plus 400, Lions at plus 750. What surprises me is just the Packers being the favorite. I mean, I think that we talked about this all through the playoffs last year that we thought they were, you know, every year there's that good, bad team that whether it be the schedule or just – you know, a couple of bounces go their way, whatever. The Packers were sort of that team. And now you bring back a team where they drafted a quarterback in the first round when they need help at wide receiver. They need help on offensive end. They drafted a running back when that was arguably the best part uh, of their team. And your quarterback we know is going to be unhappy because the front office basically sent him, you know, the message that your time here is short. They didn't give them any heads up on it. Aaron Rodgers is one of the biggest babies uh, in the NFL. And I mean, I hate to say that about any guy, but he is. He just, he's a whiner. Uh, and then you got the Vikings right there at plus 165, who I know they got Kirk Cousins, but I really like their roster. Like I said, I love that they got the draft picks, replacing Diggs with Jefferson. I like the Vikings better than I do the Packers here. Who do you like? Uh I mean, I like the Vikings, but as long as Aaron Rodgers breathes and he wears Green Bay colors, he's going to be favored. It's his division. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and that's understandable. But if there was ever a time to fade him and the Packers, I think this year would be the year. Um, I'm not really reading too much into the whole Packers draft because, I mean, Aaron's been there. They, they did that to Brett Favre. I mean, he knows what it is. <laughs> I don't feel like he should. It's karma. Yeah, I don't feel like he should. I mean, like honestly, the minute they drafted Love, he he should have just shrugged and been like, I mean, this is what they do now. Like, I mean, it's fine. Come to San Francisco, we'll take him. Just play contract out there or, or ask for a trade, we'll take him and, and and win a Super Bowl with him. But um, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, their draft was definitely weird. Um. <laughs> They, they've, I don't know what their direction is anymore. They used to be a team that built through the draft, and they made sound draft picks, not wild guys, but solid guys, you know, guys that could come in and, mm-hmm. and, and fit the scheme and system and, and so forth and so on. Part of me thinks that uh, LaFleur and, um, and, and Aaron don't get along uh, because Aaron just can't be coached. I mean, he can't. He's He's – Difficult. He wants to do things yeah, his way. Yeah, which uh, we've had. I've had private conversations uh, with with people about it um, outside the group. I'm sure when the season starts, somebody will make a thread about it, and and I'll say what I've always <laughs> been saying: like the guys, the guys just so good that he's just in his mind too good. Like he just can't be coached. He just does what he wants to do. He doesn't. He doesn't play within the system. He plays off script. His his um his throws are are awful in regards to the timing but he's so freaking talented that you just don't like you it doesn't it doesn't look that way until you go back and look at it on film and watch how like guys are catching the ball and where the ball's being placed and thrown they're like oh that's a great back shoulder fade by Aaron Rodgers it's like now nah, that ball should have been out four seconds ago <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just and he's just that talented that it still makes he makes it work like Aaron Rodgers has the arm talent that anybody else tries that crap. They're throwing thirty interceptions in the league, thirty interceptions a year. Like seriously, so um, 
I I like um I like Zimmer. Um I've always liked him. I think he's a solid coach. I don't I don't think the Vikings got um I don't think the Vikings got worse. I think the things that they let go or or moved on from as far as the organization is concerned, they replaced uh through the draft and, and through free agency. So um I think it's it's gonna be a good year for them. I can see them winning 10, 11 games and still winning that division. Um, 12, 12 should get it done for sure, but I haven't checked their actual uh, schedule, so I don't know. But I, I would favor them to win the division too. So, All right. Uh, my NFC South's coming up. Before I get to that real quick, though, you know, for the people who say that if you don't, you know, learn from history, it repeats itself or, you know, history does repeat itself – all those things you were just saying about Aaron Rodgers, it's just insane that you were saying them about, you know, Brett Favre, what, 15 years ago? And they did the exact same thing with drafting a quarterback at the end of the first round. And I just thought it was interesting that Rodgers actually reached out to Favre. I know that that was uh, actually, I think, from Rodgers came out, or either it was Favre wanted to, but it was confirmed. Because, you know, Favre was not happy at all when they drafted Rodgers gave him the cold shoulder and I've got a kick out of people saying that, you know, Rogers should, you know, extend the love and, and be the mentor and stuff. It's like, man, he's, he learned from Brett Favre. He ain't going to be no mentor uh, to Jordan love. And I think that's why the stuff's been floated. So it's just funny though, how one franchise, you know, over 30 years, they've, they've had these amazing hall of fame quarterbacks and it's almost like their careers now have kind of mirrored each other all the way down to each just getting one Super Bowl win, uh, at least for Rodgers up until this point. Uh, the NFC South, because I, you you asked about the Breeze thing. This was really interesting when I looked it up. So Breeze has not officially said it's his last season, and he actually signed a two-year $50 million contract. What's interesting is Sean Payton is the one who has said 2020 is Drew Brees last season. So I don't know what you can take from that, but after Drew Brees signed the two-year $50 million contract, Sean Payton came out and said that this is his final season. Drew Brees has not actually confirmed that. This is only coming from Sean Payton. The Saints are the favorite. They should be with the talented roster that they have. They're at plus 105. The Bucks are at plus 130. My Falcons are at plus 700. The Panthers are at plus 1,800. I do really like the Falcons just because you're getting seven to one odds, and I don't feel like the Saints or Bucks are that much better than the Falcons. But obviously there's plenty of things that concern me, starting with Dan Quinn as our head coach. And second, the Falcons' schedule is brutal. I think right now we have the hardest schedule in the NFL. I know that thing – uh, can be a little misleading looking at it at this point compared to, say, halfway through the season. But I did look at just the quarterbacks we face this year. It's a unbelievable list of really good quarterbacks. I mean, we really don't have any weeks of guys who are just like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a W. Teddy Bridgewater would basically be about the best we get, and I think he's a very comparable quarterback. Uh, I would go with either the Saints or the Falcons here, depending if you're looking for more of a long shot or a favorite. I just cannot get behind the Bucks. I just, I just don't see it. And Tom Brady's one of the greatest ever, and he may prove me wrong 
and show me, you know, that I'm being a hater at this point, and maybe I am, but Father Tom is a, you know, tough mother fudger. He's undefeated, and we talked about it last year. Brady didn't look great down the stretch. I know he doesn't have nearly the weapons that he's going to have in Tampa Bay, but usually when these things go sideways, they go sideways fast. I think it says a lot that New England didn't do everything to keep him uh, and for, so for me and that, you're either going to take the favorite, the Saints, or the Falcons at plus 700. Who do you like or what do you think about this division? Um, it's the Saints to lose. Um, I, think, I think I would rather take a chance on the Bucks getting lucky. But um, Peyton and those guys always find a way, man. They always find a way, and then they got Malcolm Jenkins, who um, I've I've been hyping up as a, a great acquisition for that defense to give them a little bit more toughness. Um, and he's definitely gonna, he's gonna lay the boom on dudes like Evans, who ain't used to getting the boom mm-hmm. laid on him. So um, I think they're gonna be pretty imposing within that division, and uh, have some momentum. And uh, at plus one hundred five, I mean, you still you still getting them. Like you know, a couple dollars, um, for your money. So I, I mean, I would take the Saints right now at the odds that they are, and then just keep an eye on the uh, Buccaneers and have how the season goes because you can then hedge. So we haven't talked about hedging in any of these scenarios. This is a division that I would contemplate a hedge later on. So put my money on the Saints early. Keep an eye on the division if it looks like for some reason. The Buccaneers are going to be a 12-win team, which I'm not anticipating. But if they're going to give the, the Saints some fits or the Saints are tricking it up, then go back and hedge with the Bucks. All right. So the last division we're going to go over is the NFC West. The Niners are obviously the favorite at plus 105 after their Super Bowl team last year. Everybody coming back, really young. Well, not everybody, most everybody coming back. Uh, really good on both sides of the ball. You got the Seahawks at plus 250, the Rams at plus 350, the Cardinals at plus 850. Two things from this division for me, I really like the Seahawks at plus 250. This is nothing against your Niners. I think they're very good. I think they're going to be competitive. For They got about a three-, four-year window, depending on what happens at the quarterback position. It's just so difficult the year after the Super Bowl to really find momentum. I think the Falcons – were the last team from the NFC that went to the Super Bowl and then made the playoffs, and that was just a wild card. And it, it's just really difficult to do it because there's typically injuries. There's just all kinds of you know roles, not to mention you're going to have a tough schedule from obviously winning your division. Uh, so I really do like the Seahawks. The bet, though, I really like is the Rams are minus 175 to miss the playoffs. I think the Rams are going to be a mess this year. I actually would rather bet on the Cardinals to win the division, not saying that I am, than the Rams. I just I think they're going to really struggle this year. Uh, so that's kind of my big takeaways. What, what are yours from the NFC West? I mean, they got people out here really thinking that the Cardinals are going to um, sneak the division. Um, people anticipate them making strides, but then Chris – I think they're going to make yeah. strides. I don't know if we're talking about winning but the Cliff, division. I mean, they were competitive uh, last year. Oh, yeah, no, they so, were? I mean. It's a big leap, though. That's two really good teams you got to get by. I, 
I think the division in the division. So outside the division, everybody probably views it as like some monster. But within the division, none of these teams are really scared of each other. They know each other well. They play each other tough. So um, like like the Cardinals almost beat the Niners uh, last year. They uh, definitely gave the Seahawks fits, and um, the Seahawks always give the Niners fits, and the Niners always give the Rams fits. So it's just one of those funky divisions like that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposed to people thinking that at eight to one there might be some value there for um, an uptick with the uh, Cardinals. But I just, I mean, like Cliff came out and said that he wants Simmons at linebacker. And and things like that just turn me off as a as a football mind. Like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Whoa, he really yeah, said I, that? That's what um that's what was shared in our group. Is that um not like IBS group, but the little side group um that I have uh, the chat was that click click. Cliff said he wants he prefers Simmons to focus on his linebacking duties, which I think is an absolute mistake. But I mean, maybe he was just trolling. He does come from from that that pool of uh young coaches that like to say things to get people talking so um we'll see um but yeah i'm i'm for seattle too man just off like you said it's hard to repeat man so many things happen um i think you gave our our team too much credit when you said they're talented on both sides of the ball um we are not that great on offense that is all kyle shanahan and his his creativity and if we had just executed, people wouldn't be blaming my man for nothing. But, I mean, Kyle called the game right last year. I, I hope he continues to be that, that way, um, to be aggressive um, on these on these uh, short yardage plays and, and taking shots down the field when he can. It's just we got to execute, man. Um, I'm excited for the offensive weapons that we added to see how we do. But I think Seattle isn't necessarily better, but it just seems it just seems like the type of crap that you you typically see, where a team that was just you know that close last year just has like a shred of bad luck and some other crap going on, and it just doesn't work out for them. So I, I right. like Seattle. Too, so unfortunately, well, and we went a little <laughs> longer than I thought I did, but you know it, it's no shocker with the two of us. So uh, let's try to keep these under maybe two minutes uh, with like our, our reason why for each game. I just got the lines as of right now for every NFL game for week one. Cause God, it's so nice to be thinking about a sport actually happening that we can gamble on. Uh, let's start with the jets at the bills. The bills are giving six and a half. I'm going to actually probably take the points. Uh, if you're asking me right now, only because I want to see this Bills offense actually score and score in abundance. And if you're giving me almost a touchdown, I think the Jets are also going to be kind of interesting. It's a rivalry. I'd probably take the points. Who you got and who you like? Um, First glance, I wanted the Bills because, I mean, it's early in the season, early enough that I'm not, I'm not a big – uh Gates fan and and I don't really believe in what the, the Jets are doing as a team. And um I really thought they were gonna get rid of Adams at one point too. So um I I like the Bills to win by a touchdown or more here. Um just because it's early. If this was a game All of right. December. So I'm the next game we got the well. Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. 
the Lions are giving one point. If you're telling me Mitchell Trubisky is a starting quarterback week one for the Bears, I'm taking the Lions and giving the point. So yeah, we're in agreement, sir. All right. So the next game, the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles minus five at the Washington Redskins. I know I kind of bashed the Eagles, but I still think the Redskins are a year or two away unless Chase Young can, uh, you know, maybe get to uh, our boy Carson early and put him down and then Jalen Hurts is in. But I would take the Eagles and give the five points here. All right. Um, the dead skins are alive. Skins. Um, skins, skins are – yeah, the skins are, are – um... They're going to come out with some energy. They got a new coach, and um, they're going to be pretty defensive-minded and, and make it an ugly game. And I think they're going to out-physical the Eagles. Um, so I, I expect, even if they don't win, I expect them to All cover. Right. Should, so we got the Green Bay that. Packers visiting the Minnesota Vikings. I hate when they have these games week one that are potentially for the division. Uh, the Vikings are giving three and a half. I've talked about how I like the Vikings to win the division. That is true. I talked about the dissension and problems I see with the Packers. That's also true. But, man, the Packers just own the Vikings. If you're giving me three and a half points, I'm I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I think last year I did the same thing. You taught me well, buddy. I I listened. But if it was two and a half, yeah. Yeah, if it was two and a half or something like that, I would take the um, the Vikings. But um, yeah, I think you're safe with the with the Packers in Week One. Mm-hmm. Again, it's still Aaron Rodgers. All right, man. so it next we got away. the Indianapolis Colts giving six and a half at the Jacksonville Jaguars. That whether we are still dealing with coronavirus, social distance, whatever, the crowd would be the same either way in Jacksonville, whether the, the fans are allowed to, to spread out or not. Uh, I'm taking the Colts. I think the Jags are going to be the worst team in the NFL. I'd gladly give the six and a half. I agree. Um, I'm not betting anything on the uh, on the uh, <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> Jags. The problem is though. The problem is though when we do this, that is fair. Betting on Philip Rivers not to do his fourth quarter or fumble his fourth quarter interception. So, uh, yeah, or fumble. He <laughs> always finds a way to trick up the spread. But we'll, I'll give him a chance. I'll give him a chance. Week one. Oh, uh, give me. Which that's right. It's like a, it's like a fifth preseason what, game. Yeah. All right, or, we got the uh, Cleveland Browns going to yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore is giving seven and a half. I. I think I'd have to take the Browns here. The Browns played the Ravens, if I remember well, twice last year. They have some uh, pieces on defense that actually match up pretty well with Lamar. I think I'd probably take the Browns and uh, take the points. Uh, Seven and a half. What, what was the line again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me get the this one surprised me, me because the, the, the day that I first looked at these, when we talked about doing this podcast, the Dolphins at the Pats, the Pats were favored by three and a half. And what, the three days, it's up to six and a half. I actually saw in some places it's already up to seven and a half. Uh, I don't know, man. The Dolphins, I guess it is in Miami. They normally play them well. Actually, I'm going to take – I'll go ahead and give the points. I think Bill Belichick, the Pats, are going to be out 
to prove a message that they can win without Tom. They'll be at home. I'll give the points. But if it gets any higher than six and a half, I'd have to rethink it. Yeah. <laughs> right, that, that's putting me in a bond, man. I mean, I, I like know, it's rough. Dang, six and a half is first game. You never see him throw an NFL pass. And, and mm-hmm. what is worth, the Dolphins secondary going to be all right. And, and the Patriots receivers are trash. Um, And you know what? Believe it or not. He does. He t- hey, he kept him from really uh, having a playoff spot so, this I'm, year. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh and go contrarian here and, and take as many points as I can get with the Dolphins, I like especially it. if it's at seven and a half on Sunday. Uh, and actually, I'm sorry, I'll, I meant to say I'll home field, not a playoff spot. But he actually cost New England a home field playoff game, or home field all the way through. So we got the and yeah. you're gonna be proud of me. The Las Vegas Raiders are minus one point favorites at Carolina. I think that is insane. Give me Carolina and the point. So I think the reason for that is that right. you know Carolina's got a first year coach and uh-huh. a first year first year play caller in, in Brady. But um the the catch is that Brady and and um Teddy B were in um, New Orleans together. Carolina's so, going to be gonna, sneaky gonna good. I really like Brown, the, the D tackle that they took in the first round too. I think he, he's just a perfect Carolina guy, and he's going to haunt the Falcons for years. I can see it. So, who did you get there? You like the Raiders or the Panthers? I'm sorry. Well, I like the I like the Panthers. If the thing about the Panthers though is the secondary is kind of trash. Is Derek Carr, they're going to throw mean, down the Brown's field on him, man. Come really on. good. <laughs> All right, so we got the Seahawks are minus one at the Atlanta Falcons. This is going to make me sick to my stomach because I should take my Falcons at home getting a point, but, man, we struggle with Russell. Uh, I don't know if we beat him. Oh, no, we do have one other playoff win against him, but that was when they were really banged up. Uh, So I would probably, unfortunately, have to take the Seahawks right now because I just think that, uh, we're the Falcons. We'll find a way to lose a close game, and it would be close. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks too. I, I, I mean, the Falcons. I agree. Got to show I agree. I'm a fan. I agree 100. Uh, we got the. Ten- this is going to be the marquee game, I think, of Week One, at least for eyeballs. You got the Tampa Bay Bucks going to New Orleans. New Orleans is a four-point favorite. I am giving the points with the Saints. Again, I don't totally believe in the Bucks. I think that teams are going to try to get a lot of pressure on Brady early in the season. Uh, we know if, well, if there's crowds, the place will be rocking. Who knows? Uh, but right now, I would give the points with the Saints. Yeah, I would assume there's no crowd. And um, I will take the Bucks actually. Um, and my reason for that being that the Saints – That's fair. They lost to the Bucks was it game, this man. year or two years ago that it was such a bad loss? Right. Yeah, with, with uh, Jameis at quarterback. I think Bruce and the, the Buccaneers, like with it being week one, Bruce and the Buccaneers and Brady, they're going to come out and be nice and fresh. If this was later in the season, it would be kind of the same way. I would, I would have to take a look the other way. 
But with it being so early, I honestly don't have a problem with All right. taking the, the uh, Arizona place. Cardinals are going to your San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are given eight <laughs> and a half. I'm sorry, I'd have to take the Cardinals with that many points. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm eight and a half, like, come on. <laughs> like, the, the team actually matches up well against this. Um, like, uh, Kyler has good games against this, too. Like, I don't understand. And they still got mm-hmm. Larry Fisher, who always finds a way to dial it back and be amazing when he plays us. So, um, yeah, you, everybody should take as many points as they can get. With the uh, so normally this would be the, the Thursday night game and they would hang the banner. I don't know what's going to happen if you know there's no crowds, but you got the Texans traveling to Kansas City. Kansas City's given 11. Uh, I got to take the Texans here. I know I bashed them. The uh, I know the home team like traditionally has rolled, but in recent years they haven't played very well. And that's a lot of points. The Chiefs' defense is definitely not great. I, I'm not saying the Chiefs won't win, but I could see Watson throwing a touchdown to, you know, cover the spread with two minutes or, or less left in the game. Who you got there? They're going to roll. I'm taking the Chiefs. I hear you. I want to do it. That's a <laughs> lot of points. Though. Good I Lord. mean, I, I, it, it is a lot of points, but how do they – they, they better get up 21 if they, if they want to cover that spread. Um, so we got the Chargers giving two and a half at the Bengals. This is going to be my probably crazy pick, but I'm going to take the Bengals at home with Joe Burrow. He does just enough, uh, to at least cover the spread, getting two and a half points. Yeah. Is, is two and a half? I mean, yeah. I like Burrow, but I, I can't do that, man. Um, I don't. I don't really know what I'm getting out the Bengals coaching staff either. So um, I also do know that the Chargers defense, if they def- if they're coming into this season healthy, they're yeah, they added somebody really good solid. too, didn't they? Um, but, yeah, that's they added, right. Uh, yeah, the linebacker from Oklahoma, I believe. Um, Bosa, Bosa, and Ingram are both looking at contract years, too, so they're going to have their ears pinned back. Um, it could get ugly for uh, the Bengals in that first game. So, uh, All right, you flipped me on that one. Charges. I am, too. Uh, we got the Cowboys giving two and a half at the Rams. I've talked about I'm not a believer in the Rams. I am a believer in the Cowboys. I would give the points. Yeah, man, the Cowboys I am, too, because then I'm going to have to say pissed. that the whole first 15 minutes I spent on those two divisions was um, just way off base. So we got the Steelers giving three at the Giants. Again, I actually think Pittsburgh, if Roethlisberger is healthy and just like 85, 90% of what he was uh, two years ago, I think they're going to be pretty good. I would take the Steelers and give the points. So the thing about um, Ben and the Steelers, <laughs> they always oh, find a way yeah. to like trick these games up historically. So, um, I mean, I would like to think that he comes out and he finds yeah, a way to uh, three field points, goal, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the Steelers there. I mean, you some people could call that a trap line, but I mean, it might be. A little I hope they're not trapping to, you early to trap. Uh, so, no, go ahead. Yeah, I. 
Okay, so the just to let y'all know, the Steelers at Giants and the Titans Broncos are the doubleheader Monday night game. That's the last game. The Titans at the Broncos. Broncos giving one and a half. I told you I'm interested to see the Broncos, but uh, their run defense was not very good last year. So if the you know Titans are actually getting a point and a half, I'm I'm gonna have to take the Titans. Uh, All right, yeah, before I'm take the Titans. Although, although I will say this, the the Broncos do find a way to make it. I agree, and they're good at home. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you because you brought it up: what kind of adjustments are you going to make just overall if there's no crowds? Um, it all depends. I mean, home field, home field. Um, as far as crowds go, I don't know if they make a big a big deal in in some stadiums. It it would vary. Like um it would probably sway me on some games Seattle like in the Superdome or yeah or Kansas Seattle City. like places like that where the the whole the home crowd does make a big deal. Kansas City not right. so much because gotcha. it's just so good. <laughs> but it, it is it is a tough place to play. Um and it, and and it's basically because of the stadium design. Uh, but I I don't know I haven't really looked into it or thought about it yet. Um, it's more concerning for me with college okay. sports than it is uh, with pro sports. So man, it was so incredible to be back talking sports with you. I'm so ready for us to get back uh, doing these on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, gambling on all kinds of stuff. I'm really pumped about golf because I mean I felt like we were like ready to take over the world with some of them picks we gave for that five week stretch. Uh, I, I, I do want a real quick yeah. plug that, uh, the, uh, team turnbuckle wrestling podcast, myself and Ron L. Tinsley on the IB network, we are doing two podcasts a week, uh, trying to, uh, you know, entertain the masses and, uh, honestly give me something to do. So we're doing one on raw and SmackDown, one on AEW and NXT. We're actually going to tomorrow, uh, record the one that will go over last week's SmackDown and Raw, and then also recap the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I also want to say that uh, the IB Yeezus report, you stole the report uh, from RC. Y'all talked about <laughs> episodes seven and eight, right, was... of the uh, Last Dance documentary. Yeah, I think that was just a one-time thing, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, um, we talked about episode seven and eight, um, recap some of the uh, shadiness of the UFC's event this past weekend and, and um, talked about Mike Tyson's comeback. Quote, that's that's going to be crazy. Uh, but uh, we will be together soon. Maybe we'll get together next week. We can try to find some bets and props and stuff for the uh, Brady, Manning, Phil, and Tiger thing. I think that would be interesting, even if it's just a shorter uh, you know, podcast, because I know that they had a ton of props for the Phil and Tiger uh, match. I'm assuming they're going to have even more uh, with four participants and two of them basically being amateur golfers and two professionals. But uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, just uh, make sure you support the brand and, and uh, rate the podcast and share. Yeah, we do appreciate your support. And for Keith Fleming and Ivy Jesus, a.k.a. Allen, a.k.a. Actively Lazy, it was good to be back for this week for the Backdoor Cover, Ivy Sports Weekly Gambling Podcast, and we will see you guys soon.
Peace.